Well, good morning. God bless you this morning. It's great to see you. And as we continue our series on the miracles of Jesus, this series is called The Grave Robber because we're leading up to this uh, last miracle of the seven miracles that John records in his gospel. So next week we conclude this series with the message, The Grave Robber. But along the way, we've looked at the seven miracles of Jesus that are recorded in the book of John. And we've seen Jesus as a winemaker, the choreographer, the rule breaker, the multiplier, the water walker. And today we're talking about Jesus, the eye opener. So I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John 9. John 9, we're going to read the first seven verses. This entire chapter is very interesting. This entire chapter has a lot of lessons for us. There's so much packed into this story, but I'm really only going to focus on one thing today and uh, and just kind of challenge you to, to, to read this story throughout your week, maybe in your devotional time throughout the week. You can read this and uh, allow Holy Spirit to, to speak to you through this story. But I want to read the first seven verses today. John 9, 1 reads like this. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, make, made some mud with a saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Verse 7, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Wow, what a story. Can you just picture this happening? Jesus healing a blind man by making mud with his saliva and then putting the mud on the man's eyes. But uh, that's what happened. That's a miracle we're talking about today. Jesus is the eye opener. Well, uh, I want you to watch this short video. This is a video of a baby girl, a few months old, whose name is Piper. Let's watch this. How are you? Hi, can you see? Can you see? Yeah. Hi, honey. Piper. Hi. Hi, honey. Can you see? <laughs> I think she can. <laughs> Hi, baby. You look so cute. Hey. Yeah, that's Piper seeing for the very first time with her glasses, seeing clearly. And I love that reaction. Uh, some of you may have seen this because uh, last year it was uh, viewed over 18 million times. This video was shared on Facebook several hundred thousand times. And it's hard not to enjoy this this little video. And she's cute. She's a, a cute little girl and, and just her eyes at first like, no, don't put this on me. What are you doing? And then it's like, oh, <laughs> mommy and daddy. It's great. Uh, you know, we, we like that. It, it's a cute video. And, uh, 
And we understand what a miracle our eyesight is. It really is a miracle. You may not know this, but our retinas conduct close to 10 billion calculations every second. And that's, that's before an image even travels our, you know, from the, from our op- optic nerve to the visual cortex. The optic nerve takes a, the image and it sends it to the visual cortex. And the visual cortex, part of your brain, is what processes the image and tells you what you're seeing. And so before any of that happened, happens, your retinas are already conducting close to 10 billion calculations every second. Our eyesight is a miracle. So Jesus worked this great miracle of healing uh, this man born blind. And, and it is a great miracle, but this miracle goes beyond just healing blind eyes. This miracle is a sign. And, and in fact, in the book of John, John begins, as he, as he relates these miracles, he begins saying, this was a sign, and this was a sign. At this point now, the, the uh, sixth miracle, this is the seventh week, but it's the sixth miracle because the first week was an introductory sermon. But the sixth miracle, he's no longer saying this is a sign, but he's already laid the foundation. He's already told us this is a sign. Here's the second sign. Here's the third sign. So this miracle, like all the others, is a sign. And, and here's what this sign is telling us. And this is really our big idea for today. That God removes the darkness we live in with his marvelous light when we invite him into our lives. We all live in, certainly before we came to Christ, we lived in darkness. But even after we've, we've come to Christ, we don't immediately know everything. We gradually are learning and, and God is teaching us. He's given us insight and He's removing the darkness. That's what He does. In fact, uh, He says in this passage, right before the healing of this man, uh, I don't know if you caught this, but Jesus said, I am the light of the world in verse 5. I am the light of the world. He's telling his disciples who asked him a question that this world is in darkness. We all deal with darkness, but I've come not just to heal physical eyes, but I've come to heal spiritual blindness as well and to open up your eyes to many, many amazing things. So we're going to talk about one of those things today, what we can learn from this miracle. You know, it's easy to, to get distracted from some of the real lessons in this miracle. I think a lot of people get distracted because of how Jesus healed him. I mean, Jesus spit in the dirt to make mud, and then he put some mud in this man's eyes. How many of you would like for someone to do that to you? Now you say, well, I'd like Jesus. Okay, but not Jesus. Anybody, would you let somebody else spit in the dirt, make mud, and here, I'm going to put this uh, on your eyes. Now I know parents, I mean, that some of you have used saliva to clean off your kids, you know. Dirt on their face. But uh, to, to spit and make mud and put that on, on your eyes. Now, I don't know if there's any real significance there. Uh, I do know that Jesus healed in many different ways. In fact, he healed blind people alone in various ways. One time to a blind man, he just simply said, be healed. And he was healed. Another time, he healed a man gradually. Remember the story? He healed a man gradually. And so he healed them. And then he asked the man, what do you see? The man said, well, I see men walking, but they look like trees. So then Jesus healed him again. The second time it took. Now, it wasn't that Jesus made a mistake the first time. Again, there are lessons to be learned there. 
But he's, you know, blind people, he just healed them differently. And then this time he spits in the ground, makes mud with his saliva and puts the mud on the man's eyes. Now, is that gross? I don't know, but that's how he chose to do it. In fact, if you go back to, to the man who was healed gradually, if you read that story, Jesus also used saliva with him, but he didn't make mud and then put it on his eyes. With that man, the Bible says he spit directly in his eyes. So he thought it was gross to make saliva with mud, and this time he spit directly in his eyes. Now, what does all that mean? We don't know. You know, there's uh, scholars say that back in the in the east that in those days that people attributed healing power for blindness to saliva so maybe jesus is just doing it just because that's what people understand maybe to make a connection he didn't need to do that he could just said could have said be healed like he did uh, with another blind man Uh, maybe he's just trying to establish connection with the people i don't know he had a reason for everything and i'm sure there are lessons to be learned there but today, I, I, I don't really want to concentrate so much on that. I want to focus on one thing that Jesus said and did. And here's, here's a lesson I want us to learn today. That God has a power to dispel the darkness and futility of our thinking. Of our thinking. Because apart from God, human wisdom and thinking is darkened. Human wisdom and thinking is futile. People without God don't see themselves this way. They, people without God see themselves as intelligent, as educated. Uh, as, as human learning grows and advances, as technology advances, medical science is an amazing thing. As it advances, people see themselves as, as, as wiser and wiser. But without God, they're still in ignorance. Without God, they're still darkened in their understanding and with futile thinking. In fact, this is what, what uh, Paul says to the, to the Ephesians. In Ephesians 4.17, Paul writes this, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. And this is the key right here, because when, when, when you're darkened in your thinking, when you're spiritually blind, You're separated from the life that God wants for you. So if you're spiritually blind, then you're not reaching everything God has for you. Then then you're trapped in a certain life. You're trapped in a certain mode of thinking that traps you in a certain life. So he says in verse 18, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So the disciples had been following Jesus, and they had heard him teach. And he was a a powerful teacher. He was a master teacher. He was a fascinating teacher. People went away amazed at the way he taught and what he taught. And they saw him work miracles. They saw him heal uh, the sick and, and raise the dead. But they were still lacking in understanding in many ways. And this is evident in the question they asked Jesus. When they saw this man, the Bible says was blind from birth, they asked him this question, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, you and I understand the foolishness of this question today, but to them, that was a perfectly legitimate question. That's what they knew. That's what they understood. To them, it was an either-or proposition. 
People back then thought that if, if somebody was sick, if somebody had a disability, it was because they had sinned. Now, I, maybe I shouldn't say that we know better today because I know people who still believe that. And I have come across people who still say, you know, if you're, if you're sick, it's because your lack of faith, it's your fault, it's because of your sin, because of that. And so maybe things haven't really changed. Maybe people are still spiritually blind today, and I know that they are. And the disciples were blind, were spiritually blind to the idea that there could be another reason besides the fact that it was a result of sin. People back then believed that. The disciples did too. If there was disabilities because the parents had sinned, or because if it was a child, God knew that as an adult this child was going to sin, so God made him blind. And so that was a question. And they thought they were being smart. Oh, Jesus, oh, Rabbi, teacher, tell us who sinned. Since you know everything, who sinned? Was it this man or his, par or his parents that he was born blind? They had no concept beyond that. That's as far as their thinking went. They're thinking a lot for two options. It was an either or. It, they had no, no concept of a third option or a, or a fourth option. And so what Jesus did with his answer is he expanded their thinking beyond just where, what they were limiting themselves to because that's all they knew. So he says in verse 3, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Wow. What, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm sure they struggled with that and it took them a while to understand what he was teaching like he did many other times. There were times where he would teach a parable to the people, and then they take him aside and say, okay, Jesus, so what does this mean? So then he had to give them the explanation. So I would imagine this is one of those times where they didn't really understand until they saw what was happening. That God wanted to expand their thinking, and God wants to expand our thinking beyond our limited beliefs and our limiting beliefs, because our limited understanding limits our beliefs and what we uh, expect to see from God. The things that we tend to hold. The beliefs we tend to hold. We don't see the possibilities of what could be. If God would heal our spiritual blindness. There were a lot of things the disciples couldn't see. Because their thinking was so, so limited. And limiting. Here Jesus is going around healing the sick. Raising the dead. Changing people's lives with the good news of the gospel. And the disciples were still stuck on their old beliefs, the traditional beliefs of the past. Jesus was teaching these life-changing, profound lessons in powerful ways that left people in awe. And the disciples were still asking, okay, so is it A or B? Did he sin or did his parents sin? Because that's all they had ever known. And Jesus said, no, it's neither. This happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, the disciples, and I'll get back to them in a minute, but they weren't the only ones that were living with limited understanding, with darkened understanding. The Pharisees were also darkened in their thinking, in their understanding. And so the Pharisees got wind of the fact that Jesus had healed this man, born blind. He had been born blind. Jesus healed him and to make matters worse in their eyes, Jesus did it on the Sabbath. And remember how the Pharisees were? They had all these man-made rules. They took Moses' law and they added all these man-made rules about what you could or could not do on the Sabbath. And what Jesus did on the Sabbath 
was work. He broke the law of Moses because he worked. And the work was he spit on the ground. He was allowed to spit. People were allowed, or maybe men. I don't know women would spit back then. But they could spit on a rock. This is, these are how man-made and how, how shallow and silly and limiting these, these laws were. They could spit on a rock, but they couldn't spit on the ground. Because if they spit on the ground, that would cause the dirt to move. And that was work. How's that work? Well, because if the dirt moved, that was like plowing, and plowing is work. So you can't spit on the ground because you might accidentally plow. And so they were mad at him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus did that on purpose. Maybe that's why he spit on the ground to, you know, because he knew that the Pharisees were, were going to get mad and to make the point that he's Lord of the Sabbath. He did this in other occasions when he when he healed the the lame man, and they got mad at him because he did it on the Sabbath, and he told them, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And so, I, mean, I don't know if that's why he did that, but the Pharisees were not very happy, so they called this man who had been healed, and they investigated this healing. They called this special counsel, which was them, right? Special prosecutor. And they called him in and started investigating, started interviewing, started questioning him. Who was this man? And he was like, I, the man, the man who had been blind says, I don't know, he... He was probably a prophet. And they said, no, he couldn't have been a prophet. He was a, he's a sinner. Admit it, he's a sinner. And the guy says, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind and now I see. And that made him so angry. And they questioned his parents. And, and they asked, uh, they brought him in. They questioned him, they interrogated him. And his parents said, you know what? He's a grown man. You know, he's a grown man. Talk to him. They didn't want to answer because... They knew that if they said that Jesus was a Messiah, they would be kicked out of the synagogue. That was a major thing. They didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. So they said, we don't know anything. Talk to him. So they brought him back in. And that's when he said, look, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. And they kicked him out of the synagogue. So Jesus found him after Jesus. Uh, of course, he knew what had happened to him. And how he had been interrogated. He had been kicked out of the synagogue. And Jesus found him, went to him, and explained to him what happened. He built his faith and he told him, do you believe that I am the Messiah? He said, yes, I believe. And then Jesus said something very interesting. Within earshot of the Pharisees, he said this in John 9, 39. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Now, who is he talking about? The Pharisees. They heard him. They knew what he was doing. They knew he was talking about them when he said, and to show those, maybe Jesus looked their way, and show those who think, those who think they see, that they're really blind. I don't know, but they got it. And they said, some of the Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? Jesus answered this way, If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. You think you can see, you think you're wise, you think you're more intelligent and wiser than everybody else, and because of your pride, because of your religious tradition, because of your man-made rules, you're darkened in your understanding, you're spiritually blind. Now, disciples were blind because of their limited understanding, because they couldn't see beyond just the two options. They couldn't see you know, that those two were wrong, that there's something else out there. But the Pharisees were blind because of their religious traditions. 
The disciples couldn't see beyond their two options. The Pharisees couldn't see beyond their one viewpoint that it was all about them. They had just one viewpoint. It was theirs and they were blind to everything else. And so what Jesus is doing here is not just healing the blind man of his physical limitation, but opening the eyes of the disciples and our eyes as well. I mean, the question is, would you like to see things that you've never seen before? If, if there's something that, that you can pinpoint right now, like, Lord, I, I'd love to see my marriage restored. Lord, I'd love to see my children smiling again. Lord, I'd love to see my parents being healed. Lord, I'd love to see, I mean, there's something you want to see. Or do you want to have an insight that comes from God and not just knowledge that comes from books and, and earthly teachers? Then seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. Let Him touch you. Let Him heal you from limited human thinking or from judgmental religious thinking. Let Him heal your spiritual blindness. Because that's what He does. And, and I want to... I want you to notice one other thing here. Jesus healed, he not only healed a blind man, but he healed a man born blind. He was born blind. And in doing that, and there's a difference between healing somebody who had sight and then lost his sight and then is healed, and healing someone who never had sight. Because when Jesus healed this man who was born blind, he gave him insights that he, this man didn't even know existed. In fact, to, to help you understand this, I'd like to ask you to do a quick 30 second exercise with me. Would you do that? No, not physical. Don't worry about it. Not physical exercise. I'm not going to do jumping jacks or anything, but just a, a little 30 second exercise with me. All right. So everybody, I'm going to ask all of you right now to close your eyes. Okay. Just, just close your eyes for about 30 seconds. All right. You got your eyes closed. All right. Now I want you to picture your house, the house you live in from the front, just in, with your eyes closed in your mind, just picture your house. Do you see it? Okay, now, I want you to picture your car or your truck, one of your vehicles, parked in front of your car in the driveway or on the street in front of your car. Just picture your car. There it is. That's your baby. All right? Now, one more thing. I want you to picture your youngest child, your youngest child, standing in front of your house with a big smile on her face or, or his face. Can you picture that? Okay, now open your eyes. Right, did you... Picture those things? All right. The reason you were able to picture those things is because you've seen them before. Because you have images in your mind that are connected with those things. You have an image of your house, an image of your car, an image of your children. That's what makes this miracle so fascinating. This man had never seen anything. Nothing. Had never seen anything in his life. He had no images in his mind. He had no mental pictures to go along with his concepts, to go along with his thoughts. Nothing. He couldn't do what you did right now. He couldn't do that because he had never seen anything. Have you ever wondered what it's like to really be blind? You know, blind people, <clears throat> excuse me, blind people live in a totally different world than, than us. And we really have no way to identify with them. We don't have a way to really identify, truly identify with them. When my brother, Osiel, was in college, he was two years older than me. When he was in college, 
He made a little extra money by teaching piano. He was a music major like I was. And he did what a lot of us did, made some extra money by teaching piano to a young man. Students would teach lessons to high school. The college students would teach lessons to high school students or middle school students to make some extra bucks. And so, so my brother had a piano student who was a, also a college student, but he wasn't a music major. And uh, he taught him piano. So once a week, they would meet, my brother and his student would meet in the music building and in one of the practice rooms for the lesson. And so what happened, uh, one, one time my brother couldn't make the, the lesson, so he did what everybody else did whenever they had to miss a lesson, put up a note on the, uh, on the door to the practice room where they met. He put up a note. We would always do that to each other. Put up a note with a young man's name and write the note there and just kind of fold it to cover everything but the name, tape it up there. What my brother wasn't thinking was that his student was blind. And he didn't think about the fact that he put up a note that his student couldn't read. And so he felt really bad. Oh, I feel so dumb. I can't believe I did that to my student. And so we didn't have a way of identifying with, with blind people. But another occasion, he, he was walking down the hall in the music building, uh, in the practice rooms, in the area of the practice rooms, and he heard his student playing the piano. He recognized the piece they were working on. He thought, oh, that's my student. So he thought, I'm going to go in and check on him. So he went in, and when he first walked in, he almost said something, because when he walked in, the young man was in the dark. He's just playing in the dark. He's blind. My brother said, he almost said, why are you? But he stopped himself from, from saying that. Again, not really understanding, not really identifying with the way people live who, who are blind. Now, you can walk around. You might say, well, I think if I walk around with my eyes closed, I can identify with blind people. Maybe, but you can't identify with people who've been blind all their lives. Because even with your eyes closed, you're seeing mental images. If I step down right now and start walking with my eyes closed, I see, I know there's chairs here and chairs here. And so I can, I see those in my mind. But somebody who's blind has never seen that. We don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. He or she may not even understand how the whole concept of images works. So when Jesus healed this man, he gave him an entirely new world to live in. It just opened up a new world that he didn't know was out there. That he maybe, maybe imagined but couldn't really understand. It was a previously hidden world. A world that he could not have fathomed. And when Jesus opens our darkened understanding with his light, when he heals our spiritual blindness, he gives us an entirely new world to live in. This is called being born again. Paul wrote about how old things are passed away and everything is made new. But even after we're born again, God continues to give us spiritual light. God, the Father of lights, James says. The Father of lights gives us spiritual light as we seek Him through His Word, through His presence, through His Holy Spirit. And so there's a world out there for you that God wants you to know that that maybe you haven't known yet. Maybe your understanding is limited to things you see, things you can comprehend with your human understanding. And God says, there's so much. There's a third option out there. There's a fourth option. There's another dimension out there that I want you to know. I want to heal your spiritual blindness. You know, to live in a world of, of limited human understanding with no divine direction is like living in the dark world of a blind person 
from birth. You know, as far as I can see, blind people today can get along pretty well. But it's still so much better to be able to see. Depending on, on your human, if you're depending on your human understanding, the eventual result is that you're going to feel trapped. You're going to be trapped. You're going to feel trapped. You might already be there. Trapped by limited options. What do I do? Where do I go? I, don't, I can't make up my mind. I can't decide. I can't. No, should I marry this guy? Should I not marry him? Should I take this job? You know what? Just we feel trapped. Trapped by desperation. Trapped by, by hopelessness. Trapped in a bad marriage. Trapped in a bad life. And that's no way to live. When the disciples asked Jesus who sinned, Jesus, once again, Jesus answered this way. It was not because of this man's sins or his parents' sins. Listen to this. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. What he was saying to them is, look, you're limiting yourself to these two reasons. I want you to begin to see, here's what Jesus is saying, I want you to begin to see what God can do. I want you to see the power of God. And God is saying to you right now, I want you to see the power of God. I want you to see my power in your life if you let me open up your understanding. That's what God is saying to you today. I want you to experience my power in your situation. No matter how difficult it might seem. This series is about how Jesus can make the impossible possible. So today, why don't you take that third option? Or fourth option? Or fifth? Why don't you turn to Jesus and, and, and see His power in your life? He's the eye-opener. Ask Him to open your eyes today. To a world that you don't even know. Maybe you don't even know exists. To a world of power. A world of victory. A, a world of insight. A world of understanding. A world of joy and peace. And such depths with Jesus that you may not know. That's what he's calling you to do. Why don't you turn to him. And let's pray today. Open the eyes of my understanding. Heal me of my spiritual blindness.